Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Offsite Construction Expo, sponsored by the Modular Building Institute. Visit OffsiteConstructionExpo.com today to join industry speakers, exhibitors, and attendees for the next virtual expo of 2020, this time aimed at the East Coast and Mid-Atlantic regions on November 18th. Now anyone can attend for only $199. Register today at OffsiteConstructionExpo.com. Welcome everyone. My name is John McMullen and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today I'm joined by Kevin Reed, President and CEO of Nomadic. Kevin is here to talk about the push for affordable housing across Canada and about what's going on now that can benefit modular companies coast to coast. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. Pleasure to be here. So tell me about yourself, Kevin. How did you get into modular construction? Oh, I would say, I'd have to say indirectly and by accident. I, uh, I guess traced it back when I was a kid. I wanted to be one of two things. I, I had a, an indication pretty early on that it was either chiropractic or architecture. Um, and so I am neither, but I work very closely with uh, architecture and design and, and design has been a passion of mine for, for years. So part of that, um, you know, part, part of that part of my job, being able to work with uh, architectural professionals and to see what they do um, on a daily basis is quite amazing. When I was a kid, I, um, I was in junior high and high school and I took design studies, which exposed me to CAD uh, and other design softwares, early editions of softwares at that time. And it ultimately ended up landing me a job at university uh, just part-time while I was going to school doing AutoCAD work on, on product design. And I think uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, we're talking AutoCAD, like L14 or R14 Lite. So I'm, I'm dating myself, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was always a passion of mine. And um, I... I toured a modular plant, must have been for the first time in 2010, and pretty quickly, you know, I, I saw the potential. And uh, from that day forward, I, I started to put a business plan together, and two years after that, Nomadic was born. Very cool. Very cool. I wanted to be uh, an astronaut when I grew up. I uh, kind of missed, <laughs> missed the mark on that one, but uh, maybe one day. Uh, I, I've been looking at your at your website, and there are several mentions of Nomadic's hybrid process for modular construction. What exactly does that mean? Um, you know, it started off process is one thing, but um, I think I think in the way that we're able to use a hybrid of different, call it prefabricated uh, methodologies. You know, we're able to use hybrid materials. So a lot of the time, you'll have somebody who's a specialist with with wood construction or steel construction or, or the two. But what we, what we like to, to say is that we can take a building, uh, a building and, and mass it and then deconstruct it into the most uh, efficient and beneficial components uh, at each stage in each portion of that building. So whether it is, you know, a combination of, of wood frame modular with, you know, steel reinforcement or, you know, adding in CLT or heavy timbers, or a panelized solution. It's really about being able to use different components. We, we don't we don't manufacture the, any components ourselves. So what that allows us to do is have the flexibility to use all of them uh, and combine it on one particular project. I see. I see. That makes sense. So uh, a different question for you. As the chair of MBI's Canadian Council, uh, you've worked a lot with MBI this year to help spearhead the industry's response to COVID-19, uh, particularly in Western Canada. 
besides that work, Nomotic has made a big business acquisition and been named one of Canada's top growing companies. Uh, tell me about the past several months. Well, there's a little bit to unpack there. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, it, it, it definitely has been uh, an interesting uh, period of time, uh, particularly the last, you know, eight, eight nine months. Um, we, we did uh, complete an acquisition of uh, an industry peer. I guess what started as a conversation uh, between competitors at that time, uh, competitors with a healthy, you know, respect and, uh, and level of compete, it, it quickly became, and I think COVID probably had something to do with the, the fact that we were able to make probably decisions that would have been a little bit, you know, trickier to make and take a little bit more time. Uh, it allowed us to actually expedite the process and really sit down remotely <laughs> and virtually, but uh, to, to, to get that across the line quicker than I would have, I would have guessed it would have taken if we uh, would have had a lot of other things, the typical travel involved mm-hmm. um, in the day-to-day business. So uh, it, it was a, it was a great, um, a great, I guess, move for nomadic that allowed us to uh, build the character and leadership within our team. So, you know, that, that was one part of the year that was, um, you know, it was a big, big deal for us and for our customers and, uh, and for, for our staff. Um, and I guess, you know, that, that, that definitely plays into part of, uh, you know, Canada's top growing companies. And, you know, we've just always tried to, we've just always tried to do what we do and, and with a, a really big focus on and an early focus on permanent modular construction. Um, it's been a, it's been a bit of a bumpy ride in Western Canada for the last, uh, you know, several years with the, uh, the modular industry uh, traditionally focused on energy and resources and remote workforce. And so our, our focus on, on permanent construction and, and the codes that are you know, required to be adhered to allowed us to, to, to I guess, to transfer into the, the more, um, I guess, common uh, markets being residential, commercial, uh, a, little, a little bit easier. So uh, with that focus, uh, it just gave us a little bit of a, a head start in being able to uh, make that transcendent and, and at that point uh, allow us to grow r- relatively rapidly and consistently. So what kind of projects have you been involved with this year? This year, um, we've, we've seen quite a few different types. Uh, we've recently wrapped up, for over the summer, wrapped up a, a development of a boutique hotel in beautiful Tofino, British Columbia. It's called Duff & Cove. Uh, definitely check it out. Great website. Amazing, amazing place to, uh, to go on vacation if you, if you have the opportunity. It's right cantilevered over a, a cliff on the coast. Oh, nice. Beautiful town. Earlier in the year, we we um, we did our first Shell gas station convenience store. We've done a number of um, supportive housing builds and, and projects throughout the province of British Columbia that we're very proud of. You know, they're, they're our fourth and fifth projects as a whole, uh, but but as I said, scattered throughout the province of BC. Uh, we've started work on a um, uh, what will be a shelter for women and, and children fleeing violence or at risk of violence. Uh, in Vancouver, we what else have we done? We've um, we've started to uh, design on a, a, a fisheries or a laboratory for fisheries, also on Vancouver Island, and um, uh, employee housing for uh, uh, an international luxury hotel brand inside of um, one of our national parks in Canada. So one of the big reasons I was excited to talk with you uh, today was the recent news from the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, the uh, CMHC. Uh, as you know, they've just committed a billion dollars to their rapid housing initiative, which promises to get modular affordable housing installed all over Canada. 
Uh, what was your reaction to that news? Oh, I was, I think like, like a lot of people, I was, well, first of all, excited, um, surprised in a sense, but uh, definitely excited by it. I know that a number of my peers in the modular industry, as well as folks from MBI, uh, have been working diligently for a couple of years now to, to educate CMHC, mm-hmm. uh, and as well as the counterparts in the U.S. Uh, to the benefits um, that, and, and you know what, similarly, some of the nuances that come along with our methodology of building. Uh, and so that work has, has obviously paid off is, is what I thought pretty quickly. I was, I was very appreciative of that early work that's, um, that's gone into that relationship. So um, excited and appreciative, really. I know uh, turnaround to get this, this funding is pretty tight. And I know you have a great team around you who've been uh, helping with that process. But from your point of view as the, as the CEO of Nomadic, what's, what's it been like to navigate that process? Have you noticed any hiccups along the way or anything like that? <laughs> I'd say, uh, I'd say like all things in the modular world, um, this, this initiative is on an expedited schedule as well. <laughs> we, uh, so we at Nomadic, we've dedicated uh, a number of our internal resources from, you know, personnel, uh, marketing functions, financing to be able to assist our clients in navigating mm-hmm. the application process. So, you know, this, this particular program is, is, is new in, in essence. Uh, and that comes with challenges. Obviously, CMHC is working through um, to get it across the line. And so one of the biggest opportunities is to deliver projects within 12 months. Uh, and that is possible, but it takes focus. Um, and so, you know, we, we understand all, all the different, I guess, triggers that have to be considered early and and the different stakeholders that need to be engaged. And, and making sure that, that we are engaging them and letting them know what those triggers are, because once you can get everybody at the table and say, you know, we've got a couple of months to get the applications across. And after that, we've only got a couple more months right. to actually get these projects built. Um, the sooner you can get everyone to the table now, uh, the better. So, uh, like I said, I know timelines are tight. What should other modular construction companies be doing right now if they haven't started on their application? Are there any prerequisites that they need to work through? Is there anything uh, stopping them from getting started? What, what's the first step? Well, um, so, so basically, the, the applications are open to a, a, a couple of groups. So they're open to uh, you know, municipal, provincial, territorial governments, uh, along with their, you know, their housing agencies. Uh, it's open to Indigenous governing bodies and organizations, as well as nonprofit organizations. So, so really what, um, I guess what our role and responsibility and, and way that we can, we can help and take action is to, is to find and reach out to these parties and, and let them know what we can do to assist that process because uh, a lot of this isn't their first and, and, and core, core business, right? Their, their, their business is to take care and put people in housing, but not necessarily to build it, mm-hmm. uh, especially in a modular sense. So what, what, what I would say is that what we need to do is we need to find out who, who is made up of that list, which, which particular parties are, are interested in and ready and, and able um, and have a need and then we need to, at that point, uh, sit down and, like I said earlier, we need to educate to the triggers. We don't have a lot of time to do it. And you may have uh, you, you you may have answered my next question already, but but talk to me about affordable housing in general. Uh, I've been speaking with other MBI members over the past few episodes, and affordable housing is a need that stretches from one side of North America to the other. What's the best way for the industry to make some noise and get out in front of decision makers? I think in a the most, the most impactful thing that we can do as, as, a, 
as an, as an industry and part of a, a larger industry is deliver. We, we need to deliver on the projects that we uh, have the opportunity to work on. Uh, we got to knock them out of the park because I think, you know, demonstrating what it is that we, that we can, we can do and, and the value that we can bring to, to what there's definitely a, a, a huge unsatiated demand and, and a need um, with homelessness, you know, at, at all time highs. Mm-hmm. Um, we need, we need to knock it out of the park and we need to, uh, you know, re- really hit those projects that we get the opportunity to work on, um, and show. And I think that speaks louder than anything that we can really do or say. Um, and then, you know, once we do execute those projects, uh, we need, we need our partners, stakeholders that, that, uh, and our clients that we worked with, we need them to help us to, um, to get that message across. Cause nothing says, you know, n- nothing says, uh, what, what we, what we can do than a client testimonial. What barriers have you seen to creating affordable housing and, and what's the best way to remove those barriers? Um, I think maybe, maybe some, I don't know about, um, I don't say miscommunication, but maybe, maybe a, a, a lack of understanding. Sometimes you get, um, you know, some, some of the communities that they, they, they don't like necessarily an affordable housing project being put up in their, in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so they, they put up those barriers. Um, when, when really it's got to be looked at those, those people, your neighbors who don't have homes, they're there anyways. They're just not in a home. They're not in a, in a place that they can have, you know, shelter and a meal to actually uh, get them back on their feet again and, and, and get them in a place where, where they can actually, you know, contribute to, to society and be good neighbors again. So, um, you know, I think to look at it from, you know, a, 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 I guess a solution as opposed to uh, just push the problem. Uh, I think that that's, that's a, a bit of a, a barrier that's been in, in place, but I think that there is a lot of good progress been made uh, from what I'm seeing too. So people are starting to understand. So I want to switch gears on you for a second. Tell me about Nomadic's recent partnerships. Uh, you've started working with two companies recently. Uh, there's Falkbuilt and then there's Nexi Building, uh, Nexi Building Solutions. Uh, what's the goal of those partnerships? Well, those are two companies that um, I, I, I'm really excited to uh, to watch and, and see uh, how how they're, they're going to change the game. I'm always an advocate of, of innovation in, in any space, let alone the, the construction industry that we participate in. But to see um, to see the level of efficiencies and, and the value that's being brought through, you know, the sustainability uh, angle to both of those projects or products, right? And to see, you know, digitization of of the, the building systems. So to see what they're doing through design um, to be able to really leverage and improve that process, uh, it, it, it eventually leads to, a, I guess, waste being removed from the system, which means better products, uh, a better system, which will affect price and, and everything along the line. So uh, working with both those companies and projects and being able to, to really sit alongside them as they, as they get started out has been a pleasure. Tell me more, and you just mentioned it. Tell me more about uh, the advantages of removing waste uh, from the from the construction cycle. Uh, where does that waste come from, and who does it? How does that reduction uh, benefit uh, you in the end and uh, end users? Well, I think you know, in, in let's just say the modular industry, the the offset construction industry, um, we pride ourselves as being greener, faster, and stronger, mm-hmm. uh, and we are. Uh, but that said, there's still lots of room for us to improve. Uh, and so obviously waste can show up in a, a variety of forms, you know, time delays, uh, cost overruns, um, 
excess leftover scrap materials. So, you know, if you remove, if you improve your system and the efficiencies of your workflow, number of ways to do it. But if you remove any one of those forms of waste, uh, there's going to be a benefit to a number of the stakeholders along that project life cycle, but it's ultimately the owner who's going to benefit the most. And if we can make that happen, then that, that's going to benefit all of us. Because if the owner's benefiting, then that means that all the people along that process, all the, all the people that are participating from contractors to architects and engineers, designers, means that you know, more projects can be, can be completed, more people can be in housing, more medical facilities can be built with the same amount of dollars in less time. So I'm going to revisit affordable housing just for a second. With, the, with, with these partnerships that you're making, with uh, the new technologies that you're bringing aboard, how does all of this come together for the benefit of, of affordable housing? That's, that's a good question. Um, I, again, I think when you affordable, supportive, there, there's, a, there's a variety uh, and, and kind of a continuum of, of what affordable housing is. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of different types and uh, definitions, and I think that back to the back to the point of, of you know improving efficiencies by removing waste. Um, when you're talking about someone, in the worst case, being homeless, time time does absolutely matter. Mm-hmm. Every single night that someone has to go to sleep on the streets or in a in, in something that's other than a safe a safe shelter and home, time matters. And so, uh, for these innovative, whether it's a you know, a, a, a building material and system like Nexi or um, a, a system like Falk built or with their interiors, the, the combination of those two, if you, if you have two efficient uh, products or systems, the, the combined value that you can get through an integrated approach will just leverage those efficiencies. And ultimately, in, in, as it applies to affordable housing, it's just, it's just getting more people off the streets and in, into a safe place to live quicker. Gotcha. Um, what does what does 2021 look like for you? 2021, uh, it looks like uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's looking. I think a little bit better than this year. Well, everything uh, everything year, would have to. Huh? <laughs> so I'll start. I'll start with that, John. Um, it's 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 looking uh, positive. I think for our industry, with with this announcement from CNHC, with the attention that's being placed on social need with the attention that's being placed on uh, sustainability and just just less less waste uh, building building better uh, and what what that actually means to the planet right so getting more people in in housing the uh, ability to have people you know treated quicker for medical incidents that happen you know, COVID is a great example of uh, beginning overburdening the, the healthcare system uh, I see I see a lot of positive momentum um, that's come out of a, a really tough situation. Mm-hmm. So for 2021, um, I think for us in the industry and, 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 and generally for, for the world here, I'm, I, I see it as being a, a, a positive step forward from this year. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, thanks so much, Kevin. I know things are moving quickly in Canada these days, uh, and I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you, uh, you inviting me. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.